This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. We're going to keep on the same theme as last week. This is part two of Like Father, Like Son. All right, Like Father, Like Son. As I said last week, I'm going to reiterate it because I know some of y'all may have gone home and be like, yeah, you know what? You are acting like your father right now. You're acting just like your mother right now. But how many of you this week, let's see, let's see. This week, if you are married and or dating... This week, did you have a time, you may not have even verbalized it, did you have a time this week in your marriage or your relationship where you thought, man, they're acting just like their mom, or they're acting just like their dad, I'm going to raise my hand, I don't know if y'all did, but I had one of those this week, and I kept my mouth shut because I value, uh, you know, my no black eyes and stuff on Sunday, so um, I held my tongue, but um, we, if we're not careful, the good things and the bad things, we take hereditary. If we're not careful, just left to ourselves, we will see our, I will see my father come out of me. I will see my mother uh, come out of me. You will see your parents or even if, here's the, the thing, even if maybe you were raised by someone that wasn't your actual uh, blood parent, you will be the people that have influenced you, the people that you have spent the most time with. That's just who it was. Last night I was able to uh, go out. My parents had their 50th wedding anniversary uh, yesterday, so that's half a century. That's a long time. Uh, but we went out to eat last night uh, for them, and I saw my dad. He was sitting over there, and my dad's got dementia, and he's 75, and he's a little different than he used to be. And uh, he says things a little more freely than he used to say them. And, uh, you know, and when you're eating at a Japanese restaurant, you're at the table with people that you don't know, you know, and you're sitting like across from people at another table right next to you that you don't know. And so every now and then my dad would just say something. He said it last night. I was like, dad, no, like you can't be doing it. You're a preacher. I know you're a preacher, but you got, you got to, you got to be, he was like, he was, you know, he was going to call out some sin or something. I was like, man, you can eat they're just trying to eat dinner, man. Be it's all good, but uh, I'm like my dad. I'm like my dad. Um, I see it so much, and it's actually comical to me. I'm so much like my dad, and then there's other times I'm like my mom. Some of you in here today, we have some ad- adults in here with their parents. Their parents come here, and your adult, you have your parents here, or we have some teenagers here with their parents. And I know there are some situations where it's like, yeah, that's his, that is his father's father coming out of him. That's his, her, his, her mother uh, coming out in her. And that's just the way that we are. And let me say this. Many times it's a good thing. How many of you, how many of you got a good work ethic from one of your parents? Raise your hand. You can. Now, now that, now's when you want to raise your hand, by the way. Like, especially if your parents in the room, just go ahead and raise it. How many of you learned how, for me, I learned how to be, I learned how to love people because I watched my mom and my dad love people. Um, I learned how to, uh, I don't know what the right word is. I learned how to, there's an element of grit 
that comes with serving in ministry and serving in a church. An element of just, we just got to get this done. We just got to complete this. Like, we got Christmas coming. I don't care. Like, I can't get sick and I can't do this. It just can't happen because we got something going on. And I got a little bit of that from my parents. Like, sorry, Josh. Like, from these 10 days, you got to be where you got to be and you got to get it done. And that's, I appreciate that. I feel like um, I'm hopefully going to be able to pass a little bit of that down to my children, what I received from my parents. And last week we talked about the first seven verses of this chapter in Ephesians chapter uh, number five. Uh, we talked about the first seven verses. We talked about what it meant to be a imitator of God, a follower of God as dear children. We talked about walking in love, verse 2. We talked about uh, walking in holiness, uh, verses 3 and through 5. And then in verse 6, we talked about walking in discernment, walking in discernment. How can we walk as an imitator of our Creator, as a follower of God? And let me say this, if you spend time with God, you will begin to imitate His ways and His character. When you don't spend time with someone, then you won't imitate their ways and imitate their character. I've even seen folks that have been married for many, many years, and this is kind of weird, but y'all may have seen it too, they start to look, look the same. You ever seen that? Like, it's kind of weird. It's probably not really true. But, like, they've been together so long. I'm like, man, y'all look like brother and sister. Y'all been, y'all been married so long. Like, it just is what it is. The people that we spend time with the most, we begin to subconsciously imitate. And that's not the crux of the message today necessarily. But if you're not spending time with God, there's reason number one why you're not following and imitating God. If you're not spending time with Him... You don't know his character. You don't know what his word is, is saying. You say, I grew up in church. Come on, guy. I know our attention span. Our attention span is in two minutes. Don't give me this, I grew up in church garbage. You forgot, you forgot 99% what you learned in church. What is your fresh, weekly, daily, consistent relationship with God? Because we will not imitate and or follow him without spending time with him through prayer through his word, and through walking in the Spirit. But we're picking up in verse 8 today. If you don't have your Bible, that's completely fine. It'll be on the screen behind me. Verse 8 says this, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you Light, Heavenly Father, help us today to walk in the light. Help us today to step out of darkness and to walk in the light. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me, let me 
jump right into our points, but to say this, walking in darkness and walking in light, we're not going to do the illustration this morning. I'm not going to cut all of these and cut that and close doors and walk in darkness. I don't want to do that. We've got some expensive equipment up here. I don't want to trip over, so I'm not going to do that. And you've all seen the illustrations of a completely dark room and one person takes out a cell phone, cell phone and turns on one light on the cell phone and how much light that gives off and how you can see so much just from one light. I'm not going to use all those illustrations today, but let me just say this. A follower of Jesus will walk in the light. We'll walk in the light. Number one, let's see this. The gospel turns the light on. The gospel turns the light on. For you, verse 8, were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Can we consider the author of this letter, the man who wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus? His name was Saul, was it? His name was Saul. But as you know, Saul's name got changed to Paul. And there is someone who was super qualified to write this statement. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And that was the Apostle Paul. Because the Apostle Paul lived in utter, utter darkness. The Apostle Paul made his living going around and rounding up criminals, Christians, and taking them. And he was at the foot of Stephen when Stephen was killed. That was was Saul. That was Saul. Saul was once in darkness, but Saul changed his name to Paul on the Damascus Road. We're about to read about it. And he became the greatest missionary, in my opinion, that we have ever seen and ever will know about in this world. You see, the gospel turns the light on. And let's consider the source. Let's consider the author of this letter, Acts chapter 26. And we're going to read a large portion of scripture of what I just explained. Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This is Paul speaking. This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. You were once in darkness. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme, being being exceedingly enraged against them. I persecuted them even to foreign cities in darkness, walking in darkness. While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, he was going to Damascus to do the same thing, to find those believers in Jesus and to persecute them. But at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles, to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness 
to light from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Amen. Preacher Paul. Amen. Hey, look, we don't need to go here. We talked about it in Ephesians chapter 2. Remember, Paul was Jew. He was relatable to the Jews, but he was called and sent to the Gentiles. That caused some, caused some racial fr- friction that we've already spoken about. Just keep all this in mind. It's all in context. But God sent him and delivered him so that he could turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance. If anyone understood that the gospel can take you from darkness into, a, into the light, it was Paul. If anybody understood that, it was the Apostle Paul. There is nothing, let me say this, there is nothing more powerful than a personal testimony. There is nothing more powerful than a person who knows the sin and the sinner that they were. There's nothing more powerful than a person who understands just how bad it was. And there's nothing like that person experiencing what what Paul experienced on this road to Damascus, the life-changing and life-giving power of the gospel. There's nothing like that used-to-be sinner testifying about what Jesus has done in their lives. There's There's nothing like it. There's nothing like a personal testimony. And I want to encourage you uh, this morning that you all have a story. You say, I was, I was saved as a kid. You still got a story. You say, I grew up in church. You still got a story. Hey, listen, your sin was no... You think your sin was better than someone else's sin? Oh, well, then let's talk about your sin of pride. We'll add that to your list. Listen, we all have a story, and when we understand the darkness of sin that we were living in, when we understand and see our sin for exactly what it was, sending us to an eternity in hell, giving us now currently hell on earth, when we see all that and we see what Jesus did on the cross, and he changed our darkness from light, we can't help but celebrate, we can't help but sing, I won't go back, I can't go back to the way it used to be before your presence came and changed me from darkness into light I've been changed I mean I can't explain it to you guys but all I know all I know is this that the teenage boy who did not know Jesus but that was a pastor's kid that went to church and did all the rules and checked all the boxes and won all the awards and said all the right things and did all the right things somewhat uh, tried his best to be I was a pretty good fake I had it down pretty good that, that teenage boy and who is standing here today are two completely different people. Hey, the person that I was and the person that I am today, it's not the same person. It's not the same person. And listen, if you've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ this morning, let me say this, who you were and who you are now is not the same person. And we ought to be willing, number one, we ought to be willing to tell somebody about that. You say, I don't know how to lead someone to Christ. That's fine, you don't have to know how to lead someone to Christ. Can you at least tell someone what Jesus has done for you? That's all good. That's fine. Listen, the light comes on. Darkness into 
light. I can't help it when we sing a little bit to get a little bit emotional when I start thinking about that, that there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain because I know the chains that are in my life and the chains that were in my life and what Jesus has done in my life. I can't help that. That's fine. If you don't get emotional on that stuff, that's completely fine. We're all wired differently. We're all wired differently. I don't, it's very difficult for me to understand how you can't get emotional and worship and praise someone who has changed your life and wrecked you completely and turned the light on. The gospel turns the light on. But secondly, that, that's a theological truth. Okay, And in these two truths right here, you're going to kind of see the entire book of Ephesians a little bit. We just talked about a truth that's theologically based right there. The gospel turn, turns you from darkness to light. Doesn't make you a, a bad person good. Doesn't make a good person better. It's a, it's a dead person made alive. It's a dark to light transaction. But secondly, this morning, the gospel transforms our living. The gospel transforms our living. Let me read it. I'm going to get into it. Verse 8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Can you say it with me, those four, five words? You ready? Walk as children of light. Let's do it one more time. Walk as children of light. Light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. This entire uh, chapter, verses 1, at least down through verse 21, I would even continue through the entire chapter, but at least down through verse, uh, verse 21, it kind of shows us what it looks like to walk in the light, to walk as an imitator or a follower um, of God. But let me just say this. Because you have been changed from darkness to light, walk in the light. Walk in the light. How many of you, be honest, you're among friends, we all love you. How many of you are scared of the dark? Don't lie. Come on, I got, there we go, no, come on, don't be shy. How many of you are scared of the dark? Don't, some of y'all dudes, look, you act like you ain't scared of the dark. You go turn the light off in the house and you like scamper to your room to try to get there before all the booger man gets you. I know how it works. How many of you are scared of the dark? Be honest. I saw a couple. All right, cool. We're good. What a shame it would be to live in complete and utter darkness as a blind man. Okay, that, that, there's no humor there. As a blind man. Never being able to see. Can you imagine? Can we do this real quick? Everyone close their eyes. Everyone close, I got mine closed. Everybody close your eyes, don't open them. This is the life of a blind person. If I right now told you to keep your eyes closed, I'm not going to do this. If I told you to keep your eyes closed and, and everyone stand, I'm, don't do it. <laughs> Please. If I told you to stand, you know what we would hear? We'd hear a bunch of chairs moving around and rattling. Because we, we can't even, without, our, without the light, we can't even properly move from our seated position to a standing position because it's so uncomfortable for us. Is everybody feeling the, the uncomfortableness right now? Make sure your eyes are still closed. The Lord's looking, you're in church. All right? <laughs> Just kidding, I hate that. He's looking when you're in your car too, by the way. Uh, but <clears throat> eyes are closed. Keep your eyes closed no matter what I say. No matter what I say, keep your eyes closed. Can you imagine you're blind 
Can you imagine someone comes across and maybe his name is Jesus. He bends down and he takes some dirt and he uh, makes it into mud and he puts it on your eyes. And he says, "Uh, son, daughter, you can now see. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. Wouldn't it be a shame with your eyes still closed? If you were set free from your chain of blindness and you pulled out of your back pocket a rag and you draped that rag across your eyes and you tied it behind the back of your head and you lived the rest of your life blindfolded, you can open your eyes. It's a little lighter in here than it was last time you looked, wasn't it? You know what we do? Oftentimes, we've been set free from blindness. We have been taken from darkness into light, but you know what we do? We take a spiritual blindfold sometimes and we put it right over our eyes and we tie it around the back of our heads and we spiritually walk just like this. We're stuttering and stumbling and stammering and we don't know. You say, how do you know? I mean, we know each other. We see each other. You see me, I see you. There are times when when I stumble around spiritually. You know why? It's because I've been given sight. I've been given the light, but we so often willfully walk around as if we have not been given the light. What does it look like to walk as children of light? Well, he mentions it here. We're not going to turn there. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long suffering. We could go on. We're not studying that today, but it's the fruit of the Spirit. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Because you have now been given the light, walk as children of light. Psalm 89 verse 15, blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. John 8 and verse 12, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. 1 John chapter, five, uh, chapter 1, verse 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. Hey, that's powerful. That's powerful stuff. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. We're good horizontally. We're good vertically. When we walk in the light as He is in the light. And you say, well, yeah, you know, life change looks a little differently in my life than it does your life. And you, You're right. You're right. But let me just say this. You can't tell me that you were that you were an unbeliever on your way to an eternal destination in a place called hell. That you were living under the complete influence and control of the sin in your flesh and whatever you wanted to do in your life. You can't tell me that you were heading in that direction and that was you. And Jesus Christ came into your heart and came into your life and completely changed your eternal destination. He completely uh, came in and took over your heart and gave you a brand new nature. You cannot tell me 
that you were headed to hell in sin and Jesus came and you're headed to heaven with a brand new nature and the Holy Spirit residing in you and everything's just the way it used to be. I'm sorry, folks. You will never convince me that that's the case. Never. I I never am here to create doubt. I'm just saying, check yourself. All right, that's all I'm saying. I won't finish it. That is my, I guess that's my song reference for the day. Um, Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Hey, listen, you know what the Bible says? There's going to be men and women that have taught the Bible. There's going to be, there will be pastors who have gotten up and preached that they're going to end their life and the Lord's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. You worker of iniquity. Hey, listen, we need to check ourselves. We need to check ourselves. Listen, if Jesus Christ is your Savior, if, if God and, and the Holy Spirit, the form of the Holy Spirit is indwelling your heart and in your life and in your soul, then you ought to be different. You ought to be different. Hey, listen, if, if the, the, those that are in your life that are not believers, they ought, to, they ought to be like, hey, something's different about her. Hey, something's different about him. He's not the same guy he used to be. Something's different. Listen, those people you work with that don't name the name of Jesus, those people that you work with that wouldn't claim to be a believer, they ought to know something's different. Something's different. And it ain't because of what you wear, all that garbage. No, it's in who you are. Notice the fruit of the Spirit is all about your personality and who you are on the inside. Don't give me this mess. Well, I look like a Christian. They ought to know. Shut up. You look like an arrogant punk is what you look like when you say that. How about how we act? How about how we love? Walking in love. How about how we care and how we show compassion? How about how we're kind? Listen, the fruit of the Spirit. Listen, transforming our living. It's the real deal. It's the real deal. And let me just say this. If your version of of following Jesus does not include your life being changed then you ain't following the same Jesus I'm following. Listen, from last Sunday to this Sunday, I've, I've needed changed. From this Sunday, I mean, Lord knows the next Sunday I'm going to be on vacation. Y'all know I'm going to need to be changed. And then to come back, woo, be changed again. Listen, I need changing. And if, if your version of following Jesus doesn't include life change, then I, I would check the spelling. I'd make sure it's, it's Jesus. I'd make sure it's real. I'd make sure that there's a real pulse on the inside, a spiritual pulse. Stop just coming to church and going home and not, nothing changing. Stop coming to church and stop coming to connect group and leaving and nothing, nothing different. As my daughters would say, if that's your version of, Christ, of Christianity, of following Jesus, that's bogus, Daddy. That's bogus. That's my eight-year-old. Listen, the gospel is powerful and it turns the light on in our lives. But it doesn't just turn the light on, it transforms our living. It's not just a theological truth, it is a practical application. Transforms our living. And then, lastly, this morning, the gospel trains us to be set apart. The gospel trains us to be set apart. You say, Josh, I didn't know you preached about stuff like this. 
I don't. I just preach what the Apostle Paul wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and we just roll with it. Look at verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, and whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you Light. There's a lot to take in there, and, and, and Paul is basically saying this. If you're going to walk in the light, there are going to be other people who do not walk in the light. Fair assumption. And if we're not careful, we will be, as verse 14 says, we will just kind of be asleep to the fact that those people maybe that we care about, and those people that are around us, and the people that we have a circle of influence with, that we're just kind of going to be immune to the fact that they are living in darkness while we are walking in the light. And can two walk together unless they be agreed? No. Listen, if I had my wife up here with me, and I was heading in this direction back here to Janine, and she was heading in that direction back there to Josh, we can stay together for a little bit. Right? We'll be fine for a little bit. There's not going to be too much longer, right? I'm heading to her. She's heading over there to him. There's not going to be too much longer, right? What's going to happen? That right there is going to happen. So what this passage of Scripture is saying is that there will be people in our lives. There will be influences in our lives. There will be friendships and maybe even family relationships in our lives that are going in a different direction than we are going in. And listen to me and listen to me very closely. We are... I am not advocating that we become the Christian police. Please, Lord, there's enough of them on Facebook. All right? Let them be. All right? I am not advocating we become Christian police. Here's what I am advocating, that we become aware. You know what it says, expose them? I don't believe Paul was necessarily saying, oh, Melissa, Melissa's going this way. I'm going this way. Hey, guys, Melissa is going the wrong way. Expose, expose her. I don't believe that's what he's, you know, I believe Paul is saying in the way that I uh, interpret them is for me to expose it to myself. Hey, listen, Josh, wake up. There are some people that you're with that maybe you're allowing to influence you and they are walking in darkness. And if you're going to walk in light, hey, wake up, wake up, man. Keep your eyes open, expose them. When we walk in the light, we will expose the unfruitful works of darkness Living in gospel transformation sheds light on sin. Hey, walking in the light. Listen, there's some things you can see right here on this stage because the light is shining right here that you can't see right here, but you can see it right there because light is on it. Listen, when you're walking in the light, there will be some things that the light shines on, some sin maybe in your life, some sin in other people's lives. And by the way, we tend to be really good when we're walking in the light of seeing other people's sins as we walk in the light. But when we walk in the light, the first person sin that we ought to see is ourselves. I love that. How many of you ever heard, love the sin? I mean, sorry, Lo- hate the sin. <laughs> I've heard love the sin too, I ain't gonna lie. But anyway, (laughs) hate the sin, love the sinner. How many of you ever heard that? Raise your hand. I'm not not fighting that this morning. I'm I'm gonna tell you a better way. Okay, you ready? Love the sinner, hate your sin. We're really good at hating other people's sin. 
while living in the midst of sin in our own lives. We're really good at saying, man, I can't stand what the devil's doing to so-and-so. And we got sin all wrapped up in our lives. Hey, listen, I got it. Love the sinner. And start by hating your own sin. Hating your own sin. You see, we're to expose the works of darkness, not just in other people's lives, but first of all, in our lives. I no longer think the way that I used to think. I'm exposing sin because I'm walking in the light. I no longer react the way that I used to react because I'm exposing sin because I'm walking in the light. I no longer uh, think the way that I used to think, speak the way that I used to speak. I, never, I, don't, I no longer believe the way that I used to believe because I'm walking in the light, and that light is exposing the darkness. I'm changed. I'm different. I have rejected the darkness. I have rejected the sinful works of them. In fact, he says that we are to cut ourselves off from this sin. It's shameful to to even speak of those things. Listen, we are to take the sin in our lives through the power of God's Holy Spirit, and we are to rid ourselves of that sin to where it's not even named in our lives anymore. We're not to give place to the devil, we learned a couple of weeks ago. We're to have no fellowship with our sin. We're to be a set-apart, holy, separated vessel of the grace of God. 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 9, But you are a chosen or set-apart generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. But we could stay there for just a minute. That's you and I, if if we're believers this morning. We had not obtained mercy, but now we have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. Go back and read that if you need to. You can keep it up there for a second. This is the Christian life. When they want to call you out on your sin, you are living a holy life. And when they throw something at you, they miss. Or if they do hit you, it bounces right off. We're to live holy lives. Y'all like, man, I thought Josh just preached grace. Well, let me tell you this. Grace, let me tell you what grace includes. Grace includes the power and victory over S-I-N. And we would be, I would not be faithfully preaching God's word if I preached all of grace and none of what grace does. And grace takes care of sin. Grace gives you victory over sin. Grace gives you power over sin. By the way, S-I-N, who's in the middle? I. I. It's not son, it's sin. It's not you in the middle, it's I. It's me. And this morning, my testimony is that first song we sang, I've been changed. Hey, I've been healed. I've been freed. I've been forgiven. I found joy, peace, grace, favor. And I don't know about you, but I, I won't go back to that. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm in the light. I'm not going back to the darkness. Listen, I'm not going to be a, ch- a child of the light and walk in darkness. 
Hey, that, those two things, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't gel. That doesn't mix. You say, man, my life has just been ripped apart and there's just such turmoil on the inside. Well, let me just throw something out at you. Maybe it's because you're a child of the light and you're walking in darkness. If you wanted to live the rest of your life just doing whatever sin that you want to do, then you should have never believed in Jesus. Because when you believed in Jesus, His Holy Spirit came to dwell within you, and you no longer can just sin and not care. You can no longer just go through life and not care about anybody else or anything else. You can no longer do those things and not have someone tapping you on the shoulder going, Hey, Josh, you need to, you need to stop. You need to check. Check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? You need to check. You need to, like some, of y'all, some of y'all like my music taste. Some of you don't. That's all good. That's fine. You don't have to. Y'all wait till I get some 90s R&B going in here. I got to make sure I select the right one because they're pretty bad. But uh, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to walk in darkness when I'm a child of the light. Listen, I'm not blind anymore. I can see. You know what I'm not going to do? I'm not, putting that, I'm not putting that blinder on. I'm not putting that, that bandana over my eyes. I'm not doing it. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward and I'm walking in the light how do we do that uh it's not even in my outline but thy word is a lamp unto my feet man how do i even do this his word it's a lamp to my feet i love that he shows your next step that lamp is right on your feet how do i live the christian life okay get in the word lamp to my feet okay now what do I do? But what about, like, what if I do, like, what if we take that step? Like, what about, oh, I got you covered. Thy word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Listen, if you'll spend time right here, he'll illuminate. He'll illuminate. You say, well, what about those things that aren't clearly defined in Scripture? Well, he has this guy, his name's the Holy Spirit. And it's God in spirit form that lives in you. And God the Holy Spirit will take care of all that other stuff. But I would venture to say we got a lifetime left to take care of the stuff that he's already written out for us. Every now and then you may come across, should I take this job? Should I not take this job? Should we buy this house? Should we not buy this house? I get it. Holy Spirit will illuminate. But I'll tell you this, if you're walking in the word and letting his word be a light, lamp to your feet and a light to your path, I have a feeling when you get to those different difficult decisions of life, He's going to guide you. He's going to direct you. You may need a multitude of counselors. You may need some good godly people around you. That's fine. But I believe he's going to lead you and guide you and direct you. Some of you I haven't known that long. Some of you, just in the time that I've known you, you've made career changes. You've taken steps. You've sold houses, bought houses. You've, you've uh, decided to maybe have, ch- have children. Some of you have gotten engaged or getting, you know, Keith's getting married next week. Um, having more children. Some of you have made changes to come to this church. It's all about, Lord, through your word, show me what it means to live in the light. And Holy Spirit, when the word of God isn't like crystal clear, Holy Spirit, would you take control? I want to walk in the light. I want to walk in the light. This morning, if you've never, if you don't understand 
what walking in the light, where it started. Let me say this. Walking in the light started because the light of the world, Jesus Christ, was sent from God his Father. He was sent to a virgin, Mary, never known a man. And from this, from any time in history, eternity past to eternity present, there has never been a virgin conceive. But she did. And Jesus was born. And he lived on this earth 2,000 years ago, give or take. And here's the thing, he was not a comic book character. He was not a superhero. It was not a figment of your imagination. He's not a character in a book you're reading. He was real. He walked on this earth. The same dirt that would get on your feet if you walked outside without your shoes on got on his feet. The same temptation that you're facing this week, he was tempted. There's no temptation. Okay, there's no temptation that we can face that he has not already faced. That's what he did. He lived on this earth, and here's the thing. He lived in the light. He lived without sin. I, I didn't make it very long in this, in this world, even as a baby. You know, it was just in me. And then I look at my toddler years, and my, I hear my parents' stories about me, and then I, I remember maybe my kindergarten years, and I remember my elementary school years, and then Lord help. I remember my middle school years. In high school, Lord, help some more, all right? Listen, I lived on this earth, and I sinned. And guess what? You lived on this earth, and you sinned. And we're tempted every single day. You know what? Jesus lived on this earth. He was tempted like you're tempted and like I'm tempted. He was tempted the same way, yet without sin. He never sinned. One time, he was going on a 40-day fast. He was not going to eat anything for 40 days. And guess how Satan tempted him? With food. Y'all, look at me. I could fast for four hours. And if you tempted me with food, like, I'm sorry. Like, it's going to be difficult. And if it's like chips and salsa or something, it's over. Sorry. Listen, he was tempted. He was on a 40-day fast and he was tempted with food. And he didn't sin. Listen, he lived the life that you couldn't live. And for some of us, our pride if you've never believed in Christ, the pride needs to maybe get cut away right there. Jesus lived the life that you couldn't live. It was a perfect life, a sinless life. And then he, was, he came into his own, his own received him not, and he was sentenced to die on a, on a cross. They thought they were going to let him go, and, and they went to the people and said, should we let Jesus go? And they said, no, release to us Barabbas, the murderer. Release him. We'll take the murderer. We don't want Jesus. Kill him. Jesus willingly gave his life on the cross. He died. His blood was shed. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, he rose again. When he rose, Easter Sunday is how we celebrate it in our culture. That was the most significant day, in my opinion, because it, it, it completely changes. It's, it's now apples to oranges. Any other religion compared to Jesus, it's apples to oranges. Any other religion. He rose again in victory over sin and hell and death. He rose. And he now is seated at the right hand of the Father just waiting for his children. But here's what he did when he was on that cross. He gave. He gave a gift, and that gift was eternal life. 
If you are here today and you've never experienced the light that eternal life is, it's through Jesus only. I am the way, Jesus said, the truth and the life. Some of you have lost your way. You don't know the truth. And you're experiencing no abundant life. Let's be real. You know why? It's because no Jesus. If you don't know Jesus. And this morning I'm begging you, if you're hearing the sound of my voice this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. I want to invite you into that relationship today. It is the most important decision that you will ever make in your life. It's more important than who you decided to marry. It's more important than when you decide to have children. It's more important than that job you took. It's more important than when you, where you went to school or, or what you did here or what you did there. It's the most important decision you'll ever make, and that is to put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. And let me say this, if you're a believer in here this morning, I don't know about you, but the Lord was smacking me all upside the face this week as I was, as I was getting the sermon prepared. How many times... Do I understand theologically that I'm in the light? And how many times do I find myself doing this number right here? I'm walking around. How many times do I walk into a meeting or walk into a, a, a time where I'm going to be with other people and I'm, just, I'm spiritually blind because I've not taken time to walk in the light? How many times do you go to work tomorrow willfully blind spiritually? Open your eyes. Walk in the light. So if you're an unbeliever here today, it's very clear. Jesus wants to be your Savior. This gift is available for anyone and everyone. If you are a believer this morning, it's very simple. We need to walk as children of the light. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.church. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.